Mission Sunday. So we get to come before you and worship alongside of you and, and lead in worship. So it's really exciting for us. Uh, the first thing I want to do, I feel uh, that is ne- most necessary to do, um, is to say thank you. Thank you to our congregation. Your words of encouragement and prayer and your financial support has been outstanding. So thank you for walking alongside of us as we prepared to go to Dallas and as we prepared to go to Des Moines. We want to say thank you. Uh, so students did this at first service. We're going to do it again. Uh, so if you have a blue shirt, if you went to Dallas or Des Moines, could you guys stand up? And on the count of three, we're going to say thank you to our congregation. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you. So thank you, thank you very much. Weeks leading up to our trips, both trips, we placed in your bulletin a small piece of cardstock. It was a postcard size, and we encouraged you to write words of encouragement or a favorite prayer that you have, um, something to encourage our students while they're on their trips. And... When we collected all of those, we had over 200 postcards that we were able to share with our students and the adult leaders on our trips. So thank you. Thank you for pouring yourself into those note cards so that on uh, the front end of our day or on the back end of the day, we were able to read something from you and to feel at home, to feel at peace and and have the strength to, um, to carry on for another day. So thank you for journeying with us. We really, really super appreciate it. In both May and in June, when we were preparing for our Dallas and Des Moines trip, uh, we gathered together, and it was actually the first time that we probably met as one uh, mission team. Um, So we met as a Dallas team, and we met as a Des Moines team. And during this meeting, you never really know how it's going to go. You can prepare all you want for it. but um, So in the preparation, we usually talk about Uh, What is our schedule going to look like while we're there? Sometimes the answer is, I don't know. We just roll with the punches. Uh, Some of the questions are, well, what are we going to wear? Who are we going to see? Like, what do we do if this happens? All those questions come up. One of my favorite questions that always gets asked in preparing for a mission trip is, do I have to sit in the same van all week long, or can I sit somewhere else? you can most definitely sit somewhere else is always my answer. So it's one of my favorite questions. But in also preparing for this, this trip, we always um, spend some time to posture our hearts and to train our eyes on what God has for us during that week. And so we do this by prayer and through scripture. And the scripture we read back in May and in June was a scripture um, that Allie read for us this morning. But before we get there, um, I want to tell you a little story. Uh, So when I was little, I grew up in a um, small town church, and our Sunday school time was in the basement of the church. Now, you probably have all seen a very similar church basement. Um, Let me just paint you a picture. You have, like, the faded lime green with lots of scratches, tiles on the floor, Um, the Classrooms are all divided by different chalkboards or rolling boards. Um, You have the little tiny chairs that sometimes you would skip. Don't ever do that. It was a bad idea. Um, You have the really tall back um, piano up against the wall. This is sort of your normal 
uh, basement Sunday school um, set up in the 1990s. So also there was one of my favorite things, and that was the felt board. The felt board was a classic 1990s Sunday school tool. And if you are not for certain uh, what a felt board is, I will tell you. Uh, so there was this board, had a piece of fabric on it, which was felt, and then you would have these little figurines that usually were slightly strange looking, a little creepy on the ends, um, but they also had fabric on them. And so you would use these um, to slap up on the board and then you would be able to share a story. So you'd have different figures, different characters, you would have maybe like a rolling stream of water, maybe a picture of a tree, a temple, so that you can tell Bible stories um, to children. So this is what we would use. One of my favorite, I specifically remember the day that we talked about this, and one of my favorite Sundays was when we used the felt board to tell a story of the parable of the Good Samaritan. So you probably are very familiar with the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's a fairly well-known parable, but I will take you down memory lane if you don't mind. Uh, so we have a Samaritan who walks down and he sees a man who has been robbed and attacked, and the Samaritan helps this man out. He takes him to the closest inn, pays her his night's stay, and then carries on his way. Make sure he's okay, and then makes, um, he goes on his way. The interesting part, if we, we got to back up in this story. So before the Samaritan gets to this man who is on the streets, a priest and a Levite, both men in their culture's time were men of upstanding, good character men. So these two men passed by the man on the street, and then the Samaritan came by. All right, interesting, pretty good story. Well, Jesus never really told a story. He never would tell a parable for no reason at all. There was always a purpose that he was trying to share with people, the reason why he was telling a parable. So why was Jesus telling the story of the Good Samaritan? Okay, so back up in the Bible a little bit, and we hear from a teacher of the law. He's called a teacher of the law in the scripture. And the teacher of the law is asking Jesus, how do I inherit, the king, uh, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus replies with, well, what does the law say about that? The teacher replies with, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty cool. And so that's why Jesus tells a story about the Good Samaritan. So the end of the story of the Good Samaritan, the, the man helps out. He leaves him on his way. The man who's been robbed is okay. He's in an inn. So Jesus then asked the teacher, this is like the application part of the story. He says, so teacher, tell me which of the three men, the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan, actually was the one who was the neighbor to the man who was robbed. And the teacher said, well, it was the one who showed mercy, who showed mercy to the man. So Jesus replies in his very loving way. He says, go and do likewise. I think it's a wonderful and beautiful story about how we're to be neighbors and to love one another and to, to serve one another. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of our staff here from Faith Westwood had the opportunity to attend the Global Leadership Summit. Um, it was satellite to uh, another church in, in Omaha here. So we were able to watch online the, 
the um, summit. On the, the role of speakers was a man, his name was Bishop T.D. Jakes. It's really hard to say. T.D. Jakes. And this man was talking to Bill Hybels um, and talking about different things within leadership, but they also brought up the story of the Good Samaritan. And so Bishop Jakes, he was talking to Bill, and he said, he said, they were of different cultures. The Samaritan and the man on the streets, they were of different cultures. They looked different from one another. Um, the Samaritan had zero gain by helping out the man on the street, but he did it. But here, and this is sort of like the thing that was like, wah, to me. He said, but here's the deal. Both the Samaritan and the man on the street were forever changed because of their interaction with one another. I was like, holy, that's, that's good stuff right there. So it made me think about how easy and simple it is to love our neighbor. Just like the Samaritan and the man on the, on the street were changed, I think that's exactly how our students were affected by our mission trips in Dallas and in Des Moines. We're going to now um, have a couple students, actually five of them, that's not a couple, five students come up and share with you some stories from their trips from Des Moines and Dallas. So if you guys want to come on up, it'd be awesome. While they're coming up, I have some um, just fun stats for you from our trips. Uh, we had 12 middle school students attend. We had six high school students go. We served a total of 19 different ministry sites. We took with us 110 blessing bags that we were able to give out. We had 22 care mats from Faith Westwood that we were able to go and deliver to a homeless camp. We had zero ER visits. That was a win in my book. And we served one God while we were on the trip. It was a great time. Um, so students, would you mind to introduce yourself and tell us what grade you are now in? Hello, uh, I'm Colton, and I'm in eighth grade. I'm Andrew, and I'm in seventh grade. I'm Alec, I'm in seventh grade. I'm Jazzy, and I'm in tenth grade. I'm Rachel, and I'm in tenth grade. Super, thanks, guys. Um, so on this trip, we were very intentional about talking about God sightings and where we saw God working either in us or in somewhere around us. Um, and as it, it was also a common thing that we talk about in children's ministry as well. So we want to connect the two, um, that it's not just, we can do it everywhere. So tell us about your God sighting that you had or that you experienced while on your trip. Well, my God sighting was when you're outside of a gas station praying for a homeless man. Uh, some type of officer came up and told us never to be afraid in public. And that was pretty awesome yeah. for what was going on recently in the news. And then some guy gave us a bunch of nutty bars, which is cool too. Yeah. That's a super cool story. So ask any of the middle school students about praying and then the nutty bars. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Or Colton, your turn. Sorry, Andrew. Go for it. <laughs> uh, my God sighting was there was a man that we met at Connections Cafe, which is a place that if you're needy or homeless, you can go and get food, a lunch. Um, he was there, and then we saw him again at Urban Bicycle Food Ministry, or UBFM, in, which is a place that people go 
make food, have ride their bikes, and hand out food. Um, so we saw him there, and that was kind of cool to see that someone who is in the same situation as some of the people that he helped, he was there, so it was pretty cool. Um, my favorite ministry was the, uh, or the God sighting was, um, when, um, I think it was the second day we go up and we meet Bobby and he, right off the bat, he says, we're going to raid this woman's house and kidnap her clothes. And we're all like, okay, this guy's a little crazy. And... We get in there and we take her clothes out and we realize she's a single mother of three kids. And so we take her clothes out and the rest of the day, Bobby like was just kind of outgoing to people. We were actually driving in the van about to stop at a QT and he opens the door, jumps out of the van and starts running to meet his like some other homeless people that he met. And um, he just, he, I could, totally tell that God had changed his life and that he was just full of brightness. Bobby's cool. Jesse, tell us about Dallas and your God sighting in Dallas. Um, my God sighting in Dallas was actually on our first day and we had just gotten done uh, playing with a bunch of kids and we were all really tired and so we went to the vans to have lunch and uh, we were watching Ghostbusters because why not? And um, uh, Another student, Cassidy, and I looked at this fence. We saw two mops hanging over it, and it represented angel wings. So yeah, I just knew God was there with us. That's cool. Awesome. Miss Rachel? Uh, so one day when we got back from work uh, to the church, we were getting out of the vans, and there was this homeless man who was outside the door that was uh, charging his phone, and we were talking about uh, blessing bags when we were in the van and, like, ways to pass them out and just interact with the homeless people in Dallas and we went up to him and he asked us for if we had any water because it was a really hot day in Dallas and we said yeah and then my dad went inside got him a cup so we could put the water in there and then we just had a conversation with him we learned out his name was Patrick and just things about him and then we talked to him about where we're from why we were there and then we got to pray for him and that was just an awesome experience but it was even greater because he actually prayed for us which was just such a blessing to know that you don't have to have lots of like possessions just to be able to bless somebody with your words. Yeah, that was really cool. Thanks. Um, so tell us about your favorite mission site, ministry site that you experience and why maybe it's your favorite. Uh, my favorite was Bidwell Riverside Center. It was kind of like a grocery store sort of, but it was for people who didn't have enough food for like the end of the month or so. And so they got a go there and pick out stuff that they needed and the you got uh you got your stuff based on how many family members you had and it was just cool because we'd go along and help them get their stuff yeah. and we'd help work out in their garden because they'd had a big pile of mulch just dropped off yeah that was a really cool cool really cool pantry i really liked as i said before ubfm just because of what they did, what they represented, and what they stood for, and what uh, they had, they all had shirts if they rode their bike, and on the back of it, it said, "Radical hospitality." Yep. Uh huh. It was. I can't even think of what it was. It was radical hospitality, <laughs> one burrito at a time. That's yes. what it was. <laughs> so. 
they rode their bikes, as I said before, and handed out burritos and sandwiches. And we went there and made both of those things. They had already had the meat, but we rolled them. And if we didn't do it a certain way, she made us start over <laughs> and got mad at us. So, Awesome. Do you remember how many burritos and PBJ sandwiches that you put together? It was around 500. It's around 500. Yeah. And like 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. Well, because we had so many people, we had 12 people working on them, plus the people who were riding their bikes. Yeah. And they said that that was the biggest group that they had ever had riding their bikes, which was over 50. So that was cool to see that we were there when it was their biggest turnout, as well as they said that the kids just start running towards them when they see them because they know that they'll get a meal that day. Awesome. Thanks. Alec, what was your favorite ministry site? Um, my favorite ministry site was site um, was Seafoam, which is like kind of, um, um, it's like a school, I guess. Um, it's for kids that live in like kind of a rundown neighborhood. We took a pair of walk there and it was just, boarded up windows, house falling apart. There wasn't there was even a church there, but it was it was like the gate was closed and locked and it was just falling apart and um so Stefan was like a school and it's like I think it was six o'clock in the morning to five thirty at night. So that's nearly twelve hours of school. I don't know how they do it but <laughs> Um, and what they do is they, they get there and then I think they have breakfast and then they learn and sometimes they sing and just do a bunch of stuff throughout the day. And we came in around like five maybe and we were, we were just hanging out for, with them and playing games. It was really fun. And then we had uh, supper with them and we met all the kids and there were, there were a lot that stuck to us and we couldn't say goodbye because they were... They're, they're pretty cool kids. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Your turn. Um, my favorite ministry site in Dallas was probably the Cornerstone Summer Camp because those kids were amazing. In fact, the first day, Rachel and I were sitting on a bench, and this little girl named Moni comes up and sits right between us and decides that we're going to read her a book. <laughs> so we decided to read her a book, and um, we had a bunch of fun doing stretches with them and, like, uh, Outside, we'd play with them for like a half an hour, and they'd uh, decide to jump on our backs because they, it's like they haven't gotten piggyback rides in a while, so we all got to do that, and it was great. Cool. Thanks. Rachel, what was your favorite ministry site? Uh, well, just like Jazzy, I really enjoyed working at the summer camp and just hanging out with all the kids. But another ministry that I really liked was called Our Calling, and they're a homeless shelter, but they use technology and, like, iPads to, like, track the homeless people and, like, the last time they see them and, like, keep records of things on there just in case they were to lose them or something like that. So that was really cool. And I was in the back working with Polly and another one of our leaders, Kaya, and we were folding all these T-shirts that they were going to give out on a Saturday and they go out to the homeless camps that are underneath the, underneath the interstates, and they just give these people all of these clothes, and they're just like a great ministry there. Yeah, that was a really cool place. Awesome. Um, so tell us um, something that you learned or you brought back, something that changed you while on this trip. 
we're going to start, we're going to go opposite. Rachel, you're first. <laughs> okay. Um, well, on mission trips, you always learn about how like, blessed we are with the materials that we have and that we are just so lucky and fortunate to have all these different possessions. Um, but another thing that I truly learned in Dallas was that like, there's problems that occur in people's lives, but if you can just be that smile, that joy, that person that just helps someone out, even if it's just for a little bit, it truly can make that person's day and they'll appreciate you so much. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Miss Jazzy. Um, I think what I brought back from Dallas to uh, Nebraska was to open our, my eyes especially because um, right across the street there were a bunch of tents where homeless people were and we drive by it every single day. In fact, as Rachel mentioned earlier, there was homeless people on an interstate and we found out when we were there that they were going to be um, taken out next month and so there's a bunch of people trying to find jobs and work clothes and I think it's opening our eyes to the society and how it is here and so that we can help other people in our own community. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Sir Alec, would you like to share with us something that you learned? Um, I learned that we are so blessed to have the things we have, have clothes on our back, shoes on our feet. We, because some people that we saw couldn't even have, didn't even have enough money to buy a new pair of socks. And it was kind of sad what the world had done to them. And it, it made me open my eyes to see what, how I can be grateful for the things that I have and not complain about things because some people don't even get those. So. Yeah, cool, thank you. Andrew, your turn. I have noticed what's around me in the Omaha area because there's so many people that are like the people in Des Moines that I saw. They're just waiting for their chance because one wrong thing, one thing happened that was bad, whether it's they lost their job, something along those lines, and then it just all goes to, dump, to the dumps. So it's kind of sad to see what society has done to them. Mm -hmm. Kind of with what Andrew is saying, but really how one bad thing or can make someone or make them kind of go homeless or something and how some people are one paycheck away from being homeless and it's just it's just sad because how one bad thing and everything's gone yeah so. yeah it's interesting to hear the stories um of the people that we met and and heard um where they've come from and, and who they are and where they're at now. So it was really cool. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. Would you mind giving them a round of applause? Awesome. Well, thank you. You guys can leave your mics on the couch. That would be totally fine. And as they take a seat, um, we're going to watch a quick little video. Um, please know that when you have a week long in Dallas and a week long in Des Moines, it's really difficult to not put together a feature film video for you, right? So um, it is not that long, I promise you. Um, so just um, enjoy what's on the video. If you have questions about what you see or you're wondering what was going on, I would encourage you to grab a student with a blue shirt on um, and ask them, say, hey, I want to know more about this. Encourage them and ask them different questions. I, they would love to, to tell you stories. So um, think about that, and you guys can enjoy the video. 
the news was a difficult summer when it comes to loving one another. No matter what each other looks like, what background you come from, or simply where people are in life. In Dallas and in Des Moines, our students loved. They loved with no hesitation. They saw someone on the streets and they wanted to give them a blessing bag. They wanted to pray for people. They were eager to hold open doors and to smile at people. They listened to people's stories and where they've come from. And they endured some very hot days, both in Dallas and in Des Moines. But they did all of these things because of a love that is already in them. That sweet, sweet love of our Father. So let's jump back to the scripture that Allie read for us earlier this morning. John is speaking to us out of love and life, and how do we go about living? So he says, he says, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He goes on then to say, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but in actions and in truth. Actions and truth. John doesn't tell us to just talk the talk and point our finger. He says to walk the walk. Go in actions and in truth. John writes with such a relational heart. Even in the couple um, verses that Allie read for us this morning, you hear twice. He says, dear children, dear friends. So I can just imagine John with this super loving heart and not wanting to get after anybody or scold somebody or tell them, hey, hey, you gotta listen to me. It was dear friends, dear children, very loving and open heart. Later down in chapter four, verses seven, he says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Then he says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and that he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. What an awesome God that we serve who loved us first, no matter what has happened to us or what we do or the choices that we make, but he loved us first. Because of this, we are able to serve and to love others. We don't serve and love others just because we want to get something out of it or um, feel like we have these gifts that are just exuding to share with other people. We might have been given gifts and skills to share, but we love and we serve because we've been commanded to do so and god loves us he loves us first so in gathering for today we um, met a student um, a couple weeks ago to figure out what today's uh, focus was going to be like what should we talk about um, how should we do things we shared our stories and um, we're trying to figure out what what is what is this gonna, day going to look like and out of those stories from Dallas and Des Moines, something sort of filtered to the top, and that was humanity. That we're all God's people. We are all God's children. Again, people might have different stories than us or look different than us, but we're all God's children. We are all each other's neighbors. That's what we learned from the Good Samaritan. We are each other's neighbors, and so therefore we've been called to command, we've been called to love and serve one another. This command is not a once-a-year sort of thing that we do when the church rallies together to, um, to put a mission team together. It's not, a, um, it's not something that we do 
during the summer when our student ministry gets together for our summer mission camp, our mission trips. Living a life of service and love is something that we do every single day. We do it deep and we do it daringly. A mission trip is something that exudes us. It's a way of life. We learn from our mission trip of how to love and to serve. We're able to go and intentionally do something for a week or a specific time frame to go and love and serve one another. Because we've been given this love of God, we are able to love and serve. So this morning, as we, um, as we think about what it means to love and to serve together and for one another, um, I want to invite you to think about next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to be headed outside the walls. We're going to be going and serving and loving our neighbor. So if you've actually signed up already, I would encourage you during our prayer time this morning to pray specifically for the site that you're going to go and, and be a part of. Pray for their, um, their mission, their goal, their vision that they have. If you've not signed up or you don't really remember which one you signed up for, I would pray that you would just be in prayer for um, the whole day, the outside the walls, people going outside and, and um, reaching people who um, need some help. I pray that you would... Um, just walk alongside those people in your prayers this day. And you're always welcome, as, as always, to simply just pray for um, the mission of Omaha and how God is working and how we see God working within Omaha. So this morning, we're going to take some, um, some time to, to do so. So I would encourage you to open your hearts to, to see what God has for you this morning during our prayer time.